Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. And welcome to episode 52 of the Barbershop Window Podcast on this Sunday night, March 1st, 2015. I am your host, as always. I'm always here, Chris Vigilante. I can't say the same for my two lackeys, who, yet again, this is becoming a common show occurrence, are not here on time. So I actually don't think Rob is going to be joining us today. Shane is supposed to be joining us today, but as per usual, not here. Well, we have a, a packed show. Anyway, a lot of stuff has gone on this week in, in uh, professional wrestling since the last time we were on the air, uh, which we're going to talk about. Hopefully, it's not going to just be me uh, going on and on for the next you know hour plus. We'll see how it goes. Hopefully, uh, for those of you out there who might be listening, if it is just me, that won't be an automatic I'm turning this thing off moment for you. But we have a lot to talk about. A lot has gone on. Um, you know, we had the Fastlane pay-per-view happen since uh, since the last time we were on. So, we, you know, there's going to be hopefully a little discussion about that and, uh, you know, what happened, although I'm sure it's been talked about ad nauseum uh, by now. But, you know, our thoughts on the on the show, you know, what happened on Raw. Obviously, the big story is coming out this week. I, I think, you know, personally, obviously, Brock Lesnar uh, leaving Monday Night Raw early and then showing up last night at uh, UFC 184. It's a big story. You know, is the WrestleMania main event in danger? I don't know. You know, we'll talk about it, see what happens with that. Obviously, other big uh, things that happened is there's a rumor that Samoa Joe has been offered a WWE contract. That's something to talk about. Uh, AJ Lee and her tweets to uh, Stephanie McMahon uh, this week, uh, which were... Uh, pretty pretty eye opening. Uh, also, we have you know news. Obviously, news broke that Rey Mysterio left the company finally. So that's something we can talk about. Uh, I'm obviously curious to hear anyone's opinion out there who wants to discuss, especially right now while I'm alone. So uh, if you'd like to uh, join in the conversation, please give me a call six four six seven one six four seven zero six. Again, that's six four six seven one six four seven zero six. If you can join in the conversation, let me know what you think about you know any of those topics or anything else you want to discuss. We'd love to hear from people. Or you can drop us an email, barbershopwindowpodcast at gmail dot com and we will uh, read anything we get on the air. So you may have the chance to bash us on on uh on our show and you'll be able to hear it played back after. That'll be fun. 
So, let's see. As of right now, surprise, surprise, I still have not been joined by uh, Rob or Shane. As I said, I think Shane is actually supposed to be here. I don't think Rob is. But why don't we uh, why don't we start talking about something? Um, I think I think obviously the biggest news that happened this week that we have to start off with is is, is Brock Lesnar. Obviously, I wanted to talk about let's jump ahead a little bit as far as you know starting with Fastlane and what happened to that show, but. I mean, that's the big news item of the week. I mean, supposedly, well, not supposedly, Brock Lesnar was advertised to appear on Monday Night Raw this week uh, in Nashville. And uh, he was, uh, you know, WWE promoted it, that he was going to be there, and the whole show goes by. He is not there. And it comes out uh, later in the evening that uh, he has left the building, that he did uh, show up to Raw, but, but did leave the building. The talk is that there was a heated argument between Brock Lesnar and Vince McMahon backstage. Supposedly the rumor right now is that it has to do with uh, a new contract that WWE wants him to sign and, and the terms of that contract. But uh, nothing nothing, nothing has really been disclosed as far as the real details on what's been going on. But oh, look who we have. Uh, we have uh, somebody who's joining us. It looks like Shane has finally decided to enter the fray. So let's get him in. Shane, have you joined us? I have. Excellent. Now I can stop talking to myself. What were you talking have... about? Uh, well, I was kind of running down some of the topics that, some of the things that happened this week uh, in in the in our world of professional wrestling. But I was just starting to talk about what I thought was the kind of the biggest story of the week, which has to be you know Brock Lesnar leaving Raw and. Uh, Showing up on at UFC 184 last night, uh, sitting next to Dana White and Lorenzo Fertitta. So oh, did he really? I didn't even he see did. that. No, yeah, he he was sitting next to Dana White at the UFC event last night. So I don't know. What do you well, think? Dana do you think White's that's really an asshole, asshole, huh? Oh, Dana. Dana White. I mean. I don't know if he's. In, I mean, supposedly. Like, I hate, Brock... But I hate this whole thing. Oh no, he's just a businessman. He's just going for the bottom line. If he was a businessman, his company wouldn't be in the complete decline. I mean, sponsorships are dropping off. Uh, you know, viewership is very low. Like, and I hate that. No, at the end of the day, you're just an asshole. So how do you think this but... is going to help him out? Like more controversy? I I think it's a stupid move. Well, I think I, I, I think I, I didn't even see what happened, but just that's my initial reaction. Well, I think bringing Brock back is definitely a draw, uh, especially if he, you know, at first. I mean, we have to see how he performs, but at first I think but it's going to be... But what are you, you know, going to do? Just bring in former professional wrestlers to draw your cards? No, you have to build your own, you well, know, your, your mean, own viewership. Before, it's not like he'd be coming in cold, uh, you know, from wrestling to the UFC. He, he's been there before, and, you know, the former you know, heavyweight champion, so it's not like he's coming in cold. But what do you make of the situation as a whole? I mean, the story coming out is that he, you know, he obviously showed up to Raw, uh, and he got into a heated argument with Vince McMahon, supposedly over the terms of the contract that they want him to sign, and that's when he left, and, you know, he shows up at the UFC show. I mean, do you think this is a sign that he actually is going to UFC? Is he just trying to do a leverage move? To, to make WWE sweat a little bit? Like, what do you think? What do you think is going on? Is the WrestleMania main event in danger? Uh, is, is Brock not going to just not show up ever again? Like, what do you think is going to happen? Um, 
I mean, I heard a lot of rumors from what happened at the actual pay-per-view. I think the most obvious one and the most credible one is he got, at you know, the end of the year, well, the end of, like, the fiscal year, you know, it's February, so people would be getting checks from their commissions from 2014. I think he he was upset with the the payouts from the pay-per-views because, uh, you know, of the transition to the network. Um, and that's why I think they had that argument and he stormed off. Um, I think it's a smart move just to appear on Raw, and I think it was just a move to leverage his contract with the WWE. I mean, I think it'd be very foolish of... I don't know. I'm also just getting this information now, so I'm just, like, processing it. I mean, yeah, I mean, it'd be a prime time for Brock to move over to the UFC after the mere win, because people are... Mere's now, like, um, a more... A respectable figure, not that respectable. You know, he's uh, in his last four fights, he's uh, one and three. But the point being, it sets up a nice little storyline for his uh, fight with Brock. Um, so I could see Brock going to the UFC more of a reality now. But what? He's just gonna have that one fight and leave. Who else is, could he possibly fight? Um, well, I think. I think personally, I think it depends on it, it, you know how long he really wants to do any kind of any kind of anything in any kind of combat sport, whether it's wrestling or MMA. It's really going to depend on how much longer he wants to do it. If he if he doesn't plan on doing it for much longer, he's probably better off going to the UFC because he can do you know he can get he can make more money doing like a three fight deal, be done with it you know in like a year or two. You know, depending on how many fights he has, and that's it. And then he walks away for good. If he's if he's thinking, you know, long term, and he still wants to make money for the next, you know, five to seven years, then I think you know it's better to stay in in WWE, especially because we don't know how his body's going to hold up in UFC. So I mean, I think he knows that. I think I think ultimately, I don't really know. I really don't know what he's going to do because he's he's a very hard guy to predict as far as what he's going to do. I mean, I, I would if I was WWE, I would assume he's gone, but I wouldn't be surprised if he stays because it really just depends on what his long-term goals are. I think. Shane, do you think he's better off in the UFC? I think he's better off in the UFC if his only goal is to make as much money as possible for a short amount of time. What about like uh, health concerns? Well, that's what I'm saying. It's 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 up to him. I mean, if he, obviously if he doesn't feel his body can handle it, then he obviously is not going to go fight. But I'm I'm taking that out of the equation. I'm 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 saying assuming that he can fight, I think the decision just comes down to how long he wants to make more make money. If he wants to only if he's if he's comfortable only making money for a, sh- a short amount of time and then retiring, he's better off going to the UFC because he'll make more money in the short term doing that. He'll make more money in the long term if he goes to WWE because I don't think a UFC contract is going to last that long because I don't see them giving him more than like a three fight deal maybe. Yeah, I mean I don't I I think three fights is even stretching it, but I think the UFC will give him whatever he wants to draw the card, which would be tremendously irresponsible based on this person's like past health um, concerns, and the fact that he's what thirty eight years old. How old is he? I I don't think he's 38, but he's probably he's probably he's probably 36 something like that. I'm yeah, not I think sure. He's 38. 
I'm not sure. Yeah, maybe you can YouTube it. If you, I mean, Wikipedia. You have a computer in front of you. But um, I don't know. But I think I also think UFC has to UFC has to think about it not only in terms of competing against WWE to get him, but also you know they have to compete against Bellator, who you know really wasn't a competitor a competitor for very long, but you know it's kind of come up more recently, has been putting on. Uh, you know, good shows, supposedly. Um, I haven't really seen any, but they're doing, you know, they're more of a competitor now, and they're going to make a big play at Brock. So they have to worry about not only outbidding WWE, but outbidding Bellator. So I think that's part of the reason they want to snatch him up. Isn't even isn't completely 100% uh, drawing their own gate, but also kind of stopping their competitor from, from, from bringing in this big name and drawing to them. So... A lot going on there. Um, I think personally, I think I, I I think I agree with you. I think it's more of he got the payout for this year. Thought it was crap, and then when they tried to talk about a new deal, they probably had something similar as far as you know network payouts. And he was like, "Bullshit!" Because this year sucked, and I'm not dealing with this crap again. You know, he had an argument. I think it's I think showing up at UFC is completely a leverage move to show them, hey, look, I could walk back into UFC tomorrow if I wanted to, so you guys better get on board with me. Um, yeah. But it was definitely and interesting I, to see I him really, there. like, uh, I think Dana White's a scumbag for giving into it. Not to be so. And I hate it, like, uh, I could hear, like, that, like, conservative, like, uh, Republican voice. Oh, well, anything goes in business. Like, no, don't tell me what, like, belongs in business or whatever. I've been through the ringers, like, millions of negotiations. Like, like, it, it's just a it's just a not classy move that really, I think, does nothing for the UFC except sets, it sets them up for disappointment. Um, right. Even if they sign Brock Lesnar, like, they're not going to – you think they're going to get the returns on their investment? I don't think so at all. I think he's going to have a uh-huh. one-and-done fight with Frank Yeah, Mir, I, think it'll, where, I think it'll pay itself yeah. off in the first fight, but maybe probably not after. Um, hard to say, you know. I mean, it's a difficult situation. It, and that, that move, like going over to the UFC, is such like a little kid thing to do. Actually, I mean, maybe it's not like, as short-sighted as I'm making it out to be, because really, will it affect his relationship with the WWE? Like, no, the WWE will keep him as long as he wants. If anything, it sort of helps his controversial status and his presence if he remains with the WWE. So it's a little different of a situation with a talent and a celebrity like Brock Lesnar. But... In terms of from the UFC's perspective, I don't see how they gain anything from this. Like, fine, be a... I I just see the UFC as going the way of, like, the dinosaur. I I don't see them really gaining, like, any more market share from what they currently have. Like, they had a peak. And I think they had the peak. I hate to, like, say it. Like, I mean, but their biggest draws were, I mean, uh, Chael Sonnen and Anderson Silva. I think that was, like, the oh, big, like... It was, it was Anderson Silva and, it was Anderson Silva and uh, GSP. Not yeah, Chael and GSP, Sonnen. too. I was going to say GSP. Like, GSP brought a big crowd, too. But I think, like, I don't think people gave Chael Sonnen the credit that he actually deserved to, like, selling fights and making the UFC a little more marketable than it was. 
like before uh, Chael Sonnen, Anderson Silva was just, he was like, I don't want to say, but yeah, he was like GSP, which is nothing to scoff at, but he wasn't like this unbelievable superstar that would bring in tons of like pay-per-view buys, you know? Um, and basically I, that has a lot to do with him in Brazil because GSP was such a pay-per-view draw because he could easily bring in like the Canadian crowd. And people in Brazil, you know, wouldn't really buy the pay-per-view. It's just a different market. They wouldn't have access to like the pay-per-views like Canada does. But um, I, I think the UFC is in a big problem. And this is coming from someone that was like a huge UFC mark uh, for many years. But I don't see it being the same draw and ever being the same draw as long as Dana White's behind it. I think he's leading the company in the wrong direction. What do you think? Um, I mean, I think it's easier. I think you said it once before, and you were right. I think it's easier to kind of excel at uh, bringing a floundering company to success than it is to keep a successful company successful and keep them on top. And so I don't know. I, I mean, I think I think he's he's as good. He's as suited for that role as you know maybe anybody is. I don't know as far as running that organization. I mean, he's definitely a, um, you know, he's, he, he's definitely a good, you know, he's definitely a, he's definitely a character, that's for sure. He doesn't hold back, and he's definitely yeah, good but as far as You actually make a very good point right there. There's much, there's a big difference in bringing a startup to, like, a point of success. Like, imagine this company with a head, with, a, like, a head of operations, like a CEO, like, kind of like CEO Epstein where he just, like, you know, he wasn't, like, this stupid personality, but he just, like, made fights, like, based off in, like, a calculated fashion and, like, did rankings in the appropriate way and, like, you know, just had a more, like, scientific approach to, like, fight-making and running the company, I think it would be much better. Mm -hmm. And then they have, they have, like, Dana White in here who's, you know, thinks he's just going to sell all his fights with cock and balls, just like being like, oh, Mr. Alpha Male and screaming at the top of his lungs. Like, it's not going to work. Like, and I'm surprised, like, if they haven't made some, like, transition. It. And, I, and I'm talking like this because I'm, like, upset. Like, I used to love the UFC. Now it's just, like, dumb. It's just, like, it's, it's just a dumb, like, fiasco. I don't know. Did you happen to catch the... Ronda Rousey, uh, Kat Zingano fight last night where uh, yeah. Ronda Rousey a one in 14 seconds. Definitely. Classic UFC hype machine for Kat Zingano. Like, just yeah. I, I mean, why, you know, after they hyped like 184, like, just stop. I don't know if that is. I like, mean, like, I mean, she beat Misha Tate way back when to get that number one spot and then got hurt. I mean, Misha Tate, I mean, look, every time Ronda Rousey kicks the shit out of one of these people in the first round, it makes Misha Tate look that much better because she actually took her all the way to the third yeah. and got her in trouble a few times, you know, yeah, something yeah. that no one else can come close to. Uh, so, But at the same time, it's like, who's going to beat this woman? I mean, WWE is probably, like, creaming and hoping that one day she decides to leave you when she leaves USC to come to, to WWE because she is, like, 
perfect for uh, uh, she's like perfect to be in WWE. She, I mean, obviously she's not like a typical. She wouldn't be like a typical diva, but she's like yeah. a perfect personality for pro wrestling. She really is. She plays like that heel role very well, but but there's no place for that in the UFC. I'm sorry, this isn't the WWE like that. Uh, I don't know. I could go are on for you days. About but women? Like, are you talking about women? Yeah. Are you saying women? I do. I, 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 I would. I would seem to disagree with that more. And I'm not even saying like because like oh it's sexist to say that. I just actually completely disagree because I mean lately the women's fights yeah. have been way more exciting than the men's fights for the most part. I've been way more entertained. Can you fucking talking to the phone? This is what everyone complains about. Talking to the phone. I am talking. I have the phone right up to my mouth, buddy. All right. But I find the women's fights to be more interesting and more entertaining than a lot of the men fight half the time. And I think they, you know, unlike some of the men who spend, you know, half a round or more feeling each other out, the women just go right at it. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's fine. Like, I just, I think, like, her personality, like Ronda Rousey in particular, like, is not, like, a good personality for the women's division. The be- like her going after Ariani. Like come on. <laughs> like that's just so lame. Like the what a they would lame idiot. Need, they would definitely need to um kind of revamp the Divas division if they were gonna have somebody like Ronda Rousey in it because yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah the thought of Ronda against like half, more than half of the people on that roster in the female roster is a joke. So they would definitely have to change things up, but but let's, moving from one, uh, um, I you know. said like I think I even said it. Hold on one second, Chris. Do a yeah. monologue. Hold on one second, okay? Do, you want me to do a monologue? Yeah. You're gonna be hold listening, on. so you're gonna know what I said when you come back. All right, let's monologue. I'm sure the people out there love this. Um. So, yeah, moving on from one, I guess, top, um, I don't want to say top drawing woman, but the idea of, you know, a, a sport where a woman just, uh, you know, main event of the show and is one of, if not the biggest draw, arguably, in the company. Hey, sorry about that. I'm back. No problem. So I was just transitioning over from Ronda over to another story having to do with women and, and drawing and, and, and what that means uh, was the tweet that went back and forth between Stephanie McMahon and AJ Lee this week. Very interesting. So, I mean, the basic story for those who aren't aware, who I'm sure everyone knows by now. Um, so, at the Oscars, uh, Patricia Arquette, when she won her Oscar, basically did a speech, of, you know, where she mentioned and talked about the gender gap as far as pay, w- wages and everything like that. And so, Stephanie McMahon, being the attention whore that she is and being somebody who trying to ride the coattails of somebody who's more famous than she, uh, retweet, you know, tweets to Patricia Arquette or something, just, you know, saying basically you go girl. And like, you know, you know, complimenting her speech, uh, about women equality to which, uh, all of a sudden out of nowhere, AJ Lee, uh, tweets for, she retweets what Stephanie McMahon said. And then basically, calls her boss a hypocrite on in public by basically saying, you know, you're retweeting this, but 
you know, you have divas who are top sellers in merchandise, who have been in, you know, top segments throughout the years, and they make a fraction of what men make, you know, basically you hypocrite. Fantastic. Um, obviously, I mean, obviously, you know, it's behind it because of, you know, the lawsuit that happened with CM Punk and the WWE's doctor recently. But uh, she has some balls to, to to say that, to which all we got from Stephanie McMahon was, thank you for your opinion. So what did you think when you saw it? Because I know for me, I was, you know, first shocked and then loving it, how uh, how she was giving it to her boss like that. What did you think? And I hate Stephanie I mean, McMahon I... so much, that fake bullshit that she puts on about, like, you know, women, great. I mean, like, nothing, there's nothing wrong with women being empowered, but what a fake ass that she is. And I love that she got called out on it. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I love that, um, yeah, I think she's a total, as you said, fake ass, because, uh, I mean, what did she ever do? She inherited her dad's legacy. You know, she's probably a pretty bad, like, role model for women and, it's not. It's not like she would have made it to where she is yeah, if, exactly. if she was yeah. McMahon's yeah. daughter. Yeah, and apparently, like just that, from like behind uh, the scenes, when, like she has like two secretaries apparently, and like I mean, she's impossible to work with and not a very good like negotiator on the creative aspect. So she's like a total product of nepotism. Um. Yeah, good for AJ Lee. I see it as in a battle of the attention horse. I mean, just in general. Like, I see it as attention horse versus attention horse, which is fine. But, um, yeah, I mean... I like... But I agree. Like, I think it's... um. I think the women, like, I don't know why women have been subjugated to this, like, weird role in the WWE where they're just supposed to be hot and not have good matches. I, I, I always thought that. Like, back in the day with Trish Stratus and Lita, like, I think Lita's very underrated from a perspective of how far she advanced the women's division. Like, if you really think about it, she was, like, the first girl that was kind of... Because she always positioned herself as, like, above the women's division, like, just coming out with the Hardy Boys and everything. Not above it, but she was always, like, in a different sort of uh, universe, like a different world of that Divas division. But then, obviously, she eventually competed in it. Um, and in a way that she wasn't, like, the freak show with China or, like, Nicole Bass or anything, you know? She was, like, a... She was, like, an actual legitimate, like, women's contender. Like, I don't think Lita ever will, will get, like, enough credit for the role that she brought, like, the women's division to. Um, so I always, I'm a huge fan of the women's, and obviously the, the the thing you point to is NXT, just the role that the women's division has there and how it steals the show whenever it's on, like, the individual card. So in terms of the sentiment, I'm a total fan of what AJ Lee said, but yeah, I mean, in terms of AJ Lee, it's like AJ, just shut up. Like we see, like I not the same way that I see right through Stephanie, I see right through AJ Lee. Like shut up with your stupid agenda. Like we know who you're yeah. married to. I mean that marriage, yeah. like it's gonna suck when that marriage is over in five years because I'm sure <laughs> you guys aren't gonna stay together. Like in reality though, like why? What are we supposed to believe? Like they're in love or anything? She's like a ring rat slut. <laughs> That has been like, 
Oh come on! She's been with every wrestler like ever. I'm not. I'm not. Do, I'm not saying anything. Has she? I mean, that was a storyline, dude. <laughs> like I'm talking about, like in reality. How many? Yeah, no. In reality, yeah. I mean, I know she, what in our age she was with Jay Lethal. Um, right, yeah, but though he trained her though, so I think they that's how they met and they formed the relationship. But I didn't know of anybody else besides him and and Punk. Like who else? A lot. This is where I wish Roberto was on the line. The only time I ever wished Roberto was on the line because he knows all the best is dirt sheets, like bullshit. But uh, yeah, no, she's she's been with like tons of guys in the WWE, like hundreds, hundreds, allegedly. So she's the uh, she's the modern Kelly Kelly. Is that what you're is that what you're saying? Allegedly. Let's not get sued. Allegedly. allegedly. Yeah. Well, I, I'm 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 fairly confident that AJ Lee is not listening to this. Although who knows? We are know. blowing up worldwide. We are blowing up worldwide, in spite of our unprofessionalism and me eating pizza on the podcast right now. Are you eating pizza? Fuck! I want I want some pizza right now. Yeah, it's that delicious. sounds delicious. So anyway, I think I think yeah, I think to take I think all day. <laughs> I think the main takeaway from that is yeah, yeah, I I I like your point about, you know, she's as much of a an attention grabber. But it was yeah, definitely yeah. nice to see somebody basically, you know, put Stephanie in her place and you know, basically be like, You are a hypocrite and a phony, so stop talking and I and I really yeah, enjoyed yeah. that. I agree. So like I said, mm-hmm. like like we were saying, it's you know, she's not the picture of, of women's achievement. I mean it, her her she her position is totally based on nepotism and nothing else. Yeah. But the same time, so, like the person you wish would call them out was like those, like the ruthless aggression divas, like Trish Stratus or Lita. Yeah, like somebody who doesn't have a dog in the fight, like the way AJ Lee does. Yeah. And have and just yeah, no, had I, no credit given to them, and really brought it. Like whenever they were in the ring, like I miss those divas. I miss them so much. But it's, that's why I'm so glad whenever I watch NXT. But, like, AJ, please, don't fight for women's causes. Like, shut up. <laughs> uh, I, I I could see that, too. That's a fair argument. That is a fair argument. So, next, I think the next piece of big news that came out of WWE this week was that uh, WWE and Rey Mysterio finally came to terms on uh, his release from the company. Uh, you know, after he hasn't been on TV for what? At least a, you know, a year or more, right? And uh, it's been a while. Uh, they finally came to terms uh, with that. Uh, he's going to be doing his thing. Assumingly, he'll be uh, going back to AAA and uh, Lucha Underground. Supposedly, AAA is doing a press conference on Tuesday. Uh, I would expect to hear something about that at that press conference. Uh, I'm kind of surprised. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, it's weird because Rey Mysterio is not even 40, but he he's had so many injuries, he might as well be 100. And uh, but but you know, good for him. You know, if he wasn't he, you know, if he wasn't happy, that's cool. And you know, they should have let him out a long time ago. It's nice to see that he finally kind of got out and is going to be doing something that he you know enjoys, which is going back to Mexico and you know wrestling with his buddies. So, what do you think? What do you what do you, what do you think about that situation? Yeah, I mean, you you put it perfectly. I was never the big Rey Mysterio fan. Um, 
I just like how it's not the end of the world these days. The WWE isn't the last stop on the train. You know, like there is such a there's life after WWE. There there's life even before WWE, like in the Indies. I'm just glad the economic like environment is like that. Like like the and the wrestling products they offer are varied and different. So good for him. Good for Ray Mysterio. I'm glad he left and I'm glad he's gonna find life thereafter. We're really living in like such a fortunate time for wrestling fans. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah. Where there's so many different options, like so many different good options. Where like the main product might even be like the third or fourth best, um, and these guys can actually make money in other places. So good for Rey Mysterio. I love it. What do you think? No, I definitely am on board with that. I think that's a great sentiment. I think that. Uh, it is nice to see finally that, you know, it's not WWE or nothing. I mean it's it's one step closer. I mean it's gonna be it's a it's a big step as far as ever getting back to a spot where there's a real competitor for WWE. But it's nice to see it, it, it gets us that much closer to that, you know, kind of good period where there was real competition for WWE because I mean that's when wrestling was good because not only was it good creatively because there was competition and, and, and you had to up your game, but it was also good for the talent as far as the way they were treated because they had the option to just go somewhere else. And, uh, you know, if they weren't being treated right and they haven't had that option in quite a long time, it's nice to see at least some, you know, uh, you know, resemblance of that coming back a little bit where you can leave WWE and still be okay and still do well. So, uh, it's nice to see, and hopefully, it, 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 you know, we get more of that, and with with more guys. So it's definitely, a, I think it's a good thing for the business. It's definitely a good thing for the talent, and it's kind of it's a good thing for WWE. It, it it they need to kind of be put in their place a little bit to you know to basically be reminded that they can't just do whatever they feel like and 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 fuck over their talent constantly with no consequence. I mean. Okay. No, I don't know. I have a flair for the dramatic, but how bad do you think it's going to get in WWE? Because I think stars right now are realizing this. Like, Brock Lesnar, like, case in point, just up and left. When he saw, because with the, the network and everything, with the taking away, so the wrestlers were be paying, the way I view it, as just commissions on pay-per-view buys. Now, the wrestlers aren't getting that anymore because of the network. So how bad do you think it's going to get, like, in your um, opinion? I don't know. I mean, I think it's I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. Um, I think, I mean, I think, unfortunately, WWE really needs to be threatened in order to, uh, as far as, you know, with their business, to be... To, to really do anything. I mean, you see it, like, the, the the time they respond where a talent gets what they want or what they deserve is they have to be willing to, you know, really threaten them and push back the way CM Punk did, you know, way back even when three years ago or four years ago now when he re-signed his deal. I mean, he was basically willing to just be like, well, fuck you, and I'm going to leave, and, and, you know, I'm just going to do something else. And, you know, basically gets them to do what, you know, is in his best interest because they want to keep him. And they have to, I think, you know, what 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 they need, but which will what will never happen is a united front 
kind of against them. They need a group of a, a large group of guys with you know bigger stars uh you know at the forefront. You know, obviously you're not going to get you're never going to get John Cena to, you know, say something negative about WWE, but you need a large contingent of guys to really just turn but put the script who's on. Who's bigger than Brock like Lesnar now? Uh, I don't know. I mean, probably nobody. But, I mean, the thing with Brock is he's not doing it for the boys. I mean, he's just doing it for himself. But what you need is a large contingent of guys who are just, like, together going to be like, fuck this shit. Like, we're not doing this anymore. If we don't get something better, like, we're we're done. And, like, you know, half the roster is going to walk out. I mean, it'll never happen, but something like that would, would I think, radically change things. Why don't you think that would happen? Because you really see, because because too many guys, too many guys are too afraid to rock the boat and lose and lose their job. Then to be will and to be willing to stand up to Vince and them like that. So because in yeah. their minds if they did that, they'll just replace them tomorrow. So mm-hmm. uh, I just don't. Think they have the stones to do that. And the problem is, it, it's a culture now where you can't do that because you don't, like I said, you don't have the ability to go to WCW. You know, you don't have the opportunity to just, you know, say, go fuck yourself, WWE, and I'll just go to WCW. If you leave WWE, it's a struggle. Not everyone is going to be, you know, Del Rio or or Mysterio or AJ Styles, who, you know, he wasn't in WWE, but the idea being you leave the company you're at and you're automatically beginning to do really well on the indies. That's not, that's not necessarily, you know, how everyone's going to do. So it's, it, it's, it's a lot easier to say that than to do it. No, I totally agree with you. And it just goes, to me, a lot of it goes back to, like, the Zack Ryder phenomenon, you know? Like, why didn't he leave after he didn't get pushed? Because it's too hard. You know, he'd rather just take, like, a steady paycheck. Yeah, at the appearances and everything. I mean, he got paid paid seven years to do nothing. To literally do nothing. He never had to show up at TV or do anything because he was never used, but he was still collecting, like, a paycheck, you know, every week that... You know, what he was making, I'm sure, even being a jobber and never being on television is more than the average person makes. I'm sure he was making yeah. six figures when he was doing nothing. Was like he, he literally making six figures? Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think um, I'm think i pretty I'm pretty confident that even the minimum guys in WWE make over 100 grand. Hmm. So, like, you know, these, these guys are, like, in the top percentage of, of, of earners, even, even guys who are doing nothing. So it's like even if you're if you're a guy even if you're a lower mid card guy who like rarely gets used or even when you do get used you're a jobber and you're not ever doing anything you're not pushing yourself or anything I mean are you gonna walk away from let's say two hundred fifty grand a year when you don't actually and you don't really have to do anything practically like you literally can be you're basically living almost like an unemployed person and still making two hundred and fifty grand a year I mean that's hard to walk away from yeah no I totally see. See that completely. I'm not sure. I don't think everyone there is making six figures. You think everyone? I do. I do think. I think everyone on the main roster makes over a hundred grand. I do think that. I mean, I may be wrong. I, I obviously don't know for sure. I don't have any sources in the company, but I actually do think that everyone makes above a hundred thousand if they're on the main roster. Why don't you ask Mets fan forever? I. I well. Spoiler alert, I am Mets fan forever. All right, what's the next topic? Um, I don't know. Should we talk about... I mean, I, I, we probably shouldn't 
I mean, we you know we did our last show before Fastlane, but Fastlane's been talked about to death. I mean, do you want to talk about Fastlane at all, or should we just kind of skip over? No, it? Like Maybe it. Talk no, no talk about Fastlane. Let's talk about it just a little bit. All right. Uh, well, let's start with the only match that really mattered for the most part. I mean, Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns. I mean, my quick thoughts: good match. Not not that I didn't expect it to be anything but a good match, but. Uh, you know, it's good. It's, you know, we'll see how Roman Reigns does uh, when he actually has to be in a match with somebody who can't carry him the way Daniel Bryan can. But, you know, as we've been saying, as I've been saying anyway from the beginning, good. you know, I expect it to be a good match, but the wrong guy is going to go over, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah, I thought it was a really good match, um, actually, all carried by Daniel Bryan. Pretty much, I don't think Roman Reigns really did too much to shine. Even I mean, though I like his very, I really like yeah, his I mean, variation on like the triple suplex, like the Benoit thing, right? That was pretty cool. Yeah, no, I, look, he did better. He he did well, and he it's the best match he's ever had single a singles match. But uh, with, when you're with that, when you're in there with Daniel Bryan, that's like a no brainer. If you if you're in there I, with Daniel Bryan and you don't have the, one of the best matches of your career, then you're not good. Then <laughs> you did something wrong. I thought it was pretty cool how uh, they actually had the dueling champs. Well, yeah, I mean, this is what we talked about. Like, it's not that it's not the same as with Batista, where the the crowd is 100% against yeah, Batista yeah. and for Daniel Bryan. You don't have that. But at the same time, I mean, you know, therefore, by doing this, you didn't strengthen either guy. You just weakened both guys by splitting the crowd like that. Well, I think they weakened Daniel Bryan a tremendous amount. I mean, I think the yeah. the dueling chance was more of a testament to weakening Daniel Bryan than strengthening Roman Reigns. Indeed. But, I mean, uh, personally, I hate Daniel Bryan. I'm so glad he's out of the main event picture. I hope he never comes back. I hope he never recovers. And uh, he's a huge loser, and I'd never even be friends with him in real life. <laughs> so, so you're happy and fine with the fact that it looks like Daniel Bryan is going to be in the in the Intercontinental Title Ladder Match <laughs> at WrestleMania. Oh, is that really it? He's going to be in that match. I it, it looks that way. It definitely looks that way. That's the way they made it look. Wait, so, in, who's on, in that match right now? Well, nobody's announced. They just announced that it's going to be an intercontinental title ladder match. Obviously, Barrett is in it because he's the champion. They haven't announced the other names, but just based on what's been going on on Raw and SmackDown, uh, if you watched SmackDown last week, they got Brian involved in I it. Did. So it looks like now you definitely have uh, Barrett, Ziggler, Ambrose, R-Truth, and, and Daniel Bryan <laughs> in there. That's ridiculous. How A five-way intercontinental ladder match? But I think they might add somebody else. I wouldn't be surprised if Sheamus makes his way in there. But no, uh, we'll see. We'll see. We will see. I, I would. I would expect six so guys. So like a money five. in the bank. With yeah, uh, so the intercontinental. Yeah, exactly for the intercontinental title. So they, that's exactly what it is. And so the number two babyface in the company, the guy who they, you know, who's he's number two only in terms of. Uh, of of the fact that they don't put him above John Cena, but as far as being over, he's arguably the most over guy in the company. He is in the IC title ladder match in at WrestleMania. That's his WrestleMania That's match. fine. I mean, they're the number one. Not, and the number one baby face is in the USA title. 
Okay, picture. but it's a joke. It's, it, it's a joke. Okay, he. I'm not, if, if, if you want to take, if you don't want to put him in the main event with Lesnar, like fine, I get that. You know, that's that's their prerogative. But he should have a important match high up on the car. He should not be in what's probably going to be the curtain jerker, which is the IC title ladder match. I mean, the IC title means nothing. Means nothing. And before you argue with me about John Cena and the fact that he's in, uh, you know, a match for another useless title, the the, the match with Rusev is not as much as about the U.S. title as much as it is about the undefeated streak. The match with yeah yeah. No, I hear you. So it's a comp- different thing. I mean, uh, I just can't. The better story was Brock and Lesnar uh, and, and Daniel Bryan. That's where the that's where the title match should have went. I mean, like I said once before, the important Roman Reigns match that he should have got, so you could have built him for next year. Hopefully, is he should have been the guy to beat Rusev in this year, and then you know he could win the U.S. title. He could go on like a mid card title run. You know, build some strength to that title. He'll eventually drop it in like a in like a, a con, you know like a way where he doesn't really get beaten, but he just loses it like the way Cena did. And then he right, you know, right. he, he built up to, uh, you know, to to main eventing Mania next year. I mean, that's the way they should do it. That's the way they used to do it. I mean, like I said, this Roman Reigns is now of what to four weeks away from 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 wrestling in the main event at WrestleMania for the title. He's going to beat Brock Lesnar and become the champion. And the match he had at Fastlane against Daniel Bryan is the second singles pay-per-view match he's had. The second match on pay-per-view in a singles match that he's had. And now he's going to be main eventing WrestleMania. So? And And to me, that's a joke. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's... I don't know. I don't really care. Like, I think they should be trying just, like, their first and foremost to put on good matches. Um, No, sorry to sound dismissive. I don't, like, have so much... In, I See, I don't hate Roman Reigns. Like, I, I, I think he's pretty... I think he's decent in the ring. I think he's better than Batista, No. I mean, and well, no, I don't, I don't know. I mean, that's not exactly, uh, you know, that's like asking like who's the, uh, <laughs> like who's the smartest kid in, uh, you know, retard in the retard camp or something like that. But like, but uh, you know, I don't know. I, I, I don't hate Roman Reigns. I hate the fact of that where he's being positioned already without any justification in my mind for him being in that spot. He has, I just don't he like has, the smart backlash against Roman Reigns. Like he's not that bad. Like, like I think there should be there it should, should be more like justifiable in other places. Like I agree with you that he's not that bad. But since when is the main eventer of WrestleMania the guy who's going to carry the company be the next face of the company? He, he's not a guy who should be like, eh. He's not that bad. Like I mean, come yeah. on. That's but how did you the ever Intercontinental feel Champion? Maybe it should be eh, not that bad. Not the main guy in the company shouldn't be eh. He's not so bad. But that's how everyone felt look- about Cena. I think everyone just felt oh, he's not that bad. Like oh, that, that was like the smarky response to Cena too. 
But you know what? To me, like, even Cena is, like, better at every of the three main things that would make a main event there. I mean, his, I mean, I, his look is better as far as what they like with him being, like, a muscle guy. His yeah. his speaking is way better. And, yeah. and And even his wrestling is better, which is hard to admit. But, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he... He even makes John Cena look like a much more like justifiable head of the company than him. So as as tired as I am of John Cena, I mean he still passes muster better than Roman Reigns. Right. Yeah, I agree. I mean, yeah, yeah. No, I think Cena gets a bad rap too. I'm I'm just um I think I have like smart backlash too because they just hate hearing it all the time about like how. You know, just in general, like, but, uh, fine. I mean, I don't have too much to say. I just don't like Rome. I I think you're gonna get a good match out of Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. Um, I think still, I don't think Brock Lesnar is going back to UFC. I still hold my guns at this point. Um, okay. If he's going back to UFC, then why wouldn't like? Like, even, like, his body at this point, like, the way he's working out, he's not working, he's not, like, in UFC's shape at all. He's still, like, working out for the WWE. Like, his shoulders and pecs and everything, they're still, like, huge. You know, he's still, like, powerlifting and everything. He's not, like, he he hasn't been training for for the UFC at all. You can just tell by the way his physique is. Not to sound super weird. But, uh... Um, no, it's not weird. So, but what do you what do you think about um what do you think about Randy Orton coming back, and particularly the kind of the storyline they're playing right now, which is the next night on Raw. I mean, they did a great job of uh of make uh, of like destroying him, like destroying his reaction in like three hours because he came out huge pop. He was you know he was very over when he came out. And then the story they went with was basically that he would, you know, align himself again, truce with the authority. I mean, obviously, two things. One, by the end of the show, he was getting pin drops instead of the big reaction he had at the beginning. So they managed to dull his reaction within three hours. But also, I mean, is this really, this is really stupid because this is like completely outside of the realm of, of, of believability, because, like, who believes after the the way he's been out, like, they put him out, the curb stomp, and, and he's been out for four months, that he's now going to be like, oh, okay, I'll just continue to work with you. Like, it's just so unrealistic that it just makes it really terrible to me. And I don't know why they need to do this one. There's only, I mean, he's going to turn back within a week or two anyway, because there's only three or four weeks till WrestleMania, so it just makes no sense to me whatsoever. What are, they, what are your thoughts on the uh, Randy Orton saga? Yeah, yeah. Um, no, yeah, I thought that they don't need to tease that anymore, like that he's going back with the authority. Like, they already teased that relationship enough. Like, they should have just kept him, yeah, as a face through the yeah, whole thing. Yeah, I mean, I that totally was, the whole, story, that yeah, was yeah. the whole story before he got injured. That was the whole story before he got injured of he starting to get pissed and, like, but he kept, you know, you know, kind of putting it aside, like, okay, I'll stay with the authority. And he just kept getting more and more pissed at, like, Seth Rollins. I mean, that was the story beforehand. I mean, so, yeah, I don't know why they're going back to that. It just makes no sense to me, especially when he'd have to turn back within the next week or two anyway because Mania is happening in three, you know, in four weeks. And assumingly, 
you know, Rollins and, and, and Orton are going to have the match at Mania. So it just makes no sense. And like I said, you you make him, you make him like almost like you make him a heel again, sort of. I mean, even though we know it's not going to last, you make him a heel again immediately and basically turn his big reaction into nobody giving a shit by the end of the show. Yeah, yeah. No, pretty I much. I thought that was they, they just sort of went with the energy of him turning turning face. Instead, they're doing this like tease now. It's just too much. Like they, I don't know why they're doing that. Just to do, you know, prolong like something into WrestleMania until it, but it's not going to get the same reaction when he eventually does turn on the authority. And it's like so stupid. Like, oh, we're going to have a business conference. Like, who is this exciting for? Like, who's getting pumped up, like, in their living room about, like, oh, yes, I get to watch this business conference. Like, it's almost ridiculous. Just a classic example of, like, Triple H and Stephanie, like, asserting their own shitty lines, like, onto the the viewers, you know? Like, oh, we do business conference. People are going to be interested in that because they're interested in us. Like, no, no one's interested in that. Please just do NXT. Like, that's the only show I like watching anymore. Anyway. True. I haven't even I haven't watched this week's episode. I'm very I, I gotta get on that because I heard it was good. No I heard Steen on which I didn't There's appreciate. No I, heard, I heard Steen on commentary was very good, so I definitely want to check that out. Oh yeah, there was a bunch of good moments. You should watch it. I'll definitely uh, do that. So I guess the last kind of uh, big match at Fastlane because we don't have to talk about the whole card. Uh, was well. First, uh, you know, I'm ex- I was excited to see Tyson Kidd and, and Cesaro win the tag titles. I'm glad about that, and uh, that it looks like Natty's kind of turning heel with them too. I kind of I dig that, so I'm glad about that. But the other big match at uh, a Fastlane was the obviously the Cena Rusev match, uh, which ended in uh, Cena basically. Did, you know, the, the thing they always do with Rusev basically when they don't want to beat the guy who he's facing is they have him pass out in the accolade, but after getting kicked in... Apparently, you can be knocked unconscious from a kick in the balls. But, uh... Really, you know, Rusev did go over. I mean, it's bittersweet. I li- you know, I like to see Cena lose, uh, especially to a guy like Rusev. I like that even though he passed out in the submission, in, in, in the submission, they are... Co- they went out of their way to say it'll go down as a submission victory uh, for Rusev, which is nice because obviously you're never going to see Cena actually submit. But at the same time, it's bittersweet because I also know where this is leading, which is Cena getting his revenge at WrestleMania and having to watch Cena go over another young heel at WrestleMania and destroy him the way he did Bray Wyatt. Uh, yeah, I mean, I told, I liked... Um... I don't know. I I always feel like I'm being a contrarian, but I'm not, like, the biggest fan of Rusev. Like, I don't care to see him win, really. Like, uh, this is Umaga, like a 2.0. Right, but I think, the issue, I think the issue isn't whether you like Rusev or not. I think the issue is, you know, how are we ever going to build new stars, if, especially heels, if the ultimate end game is just going to be to feed them to John Cena so he can beat them. Right. Yeah, I see what you're saying, I guess. Um, but what, uh, I don't think, I think Rusev has a very short shelf life in WWE before his character has to have the complete overhaul. So I just see him winning or losing to John Cena as like, what's the point? Uh, I don't know. 
This is uh, that we'll same see. character. We've seen a million times. Going back to, I mean, this is like the outside foreigner that's unusual to everyone, that's a monster and hates American ideals. This is Kamala. Who cares? <laughs> it's such a who cares gimmick. Like, it's a little different because Kamala now has a hot, like, uh, sidekick says funny uh, things. But, yeah, yeah, Lana or whatever. I, I think oh, it's... I think even the real Kamala, I'm like, what? What do you mean he has a hot sidekick? Oh, like Kim Chi? What was it? Yeah. Yeah, Kim Chi. Um... <laughs> So I'm not. I'm sorry to be so negative, but I just think Rusev like has such a has a two year shelf life in the WWE. After two years, nobody will talk about Rusev. No one remember what the hell he's doing. No one will care about Rusev. In fact, people already don't. I think he's got such a short shelf life. So who cares? And they don't know why we're discussing him. This is just a placeholder, like gimmick for John Cena to go over. Like, uh, I don't care. I don't care about Rusev at all. I think he sucks. Alright, well they announced on Raw that uh, the return of the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. We have a couple names in there so far. Uh, Miz, uh, Dow, uh, Curtis Axel Ryback, and uh, I think there's like one or two others, like Fandango and some other guy. But, um, are you excited that the Battle Royal is coming back to you? I mean, you like the battle, the idea of the Battle Royal at WrestleMania, and who do you think is going to win this year? No, I'm not excited. What the hell kind of question is that? Why are we excited about some stupid, meaningless Battle Royal with no implications or consequences? Because last year, the winner didn't even get a push, and the trophy was broke the night after Raw. They didn't even, like, carry it around. So, no, I'm not excited about the stupid Battle Royal. Who do they think going to win? I don't care. If it's a vehicle to move around, like, some different stories, like Miz and Mizdow, that's great. But I don't give a shit who wins the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Well, I mean, I think you hit the nail right on the head. I think that's exactly what's going to happen. I think it's gonna, I think, I think uh, it's going to be uh, mostly used as a vehicle to for, for the Miz and Mizdow storyline. I actually think Mizdow has a good chance to win this thing uh, and really set that break up in... Uh, in motion. So we'll see. Yeah, I understand where you're coming from. It's, it's the placeholder. It's a good way to get guys on the show who wouldn't normally be on it rather than, you know, doing some bullshit, like, pre-show match. I mean, it's a good way to get everyone on the main card. But, yeah, whatever. I hope Curtis Axel doesn't win but doesn't get eliminated either. Like, I want him to to somehow do the same thing that happened in the Royal Rumble and, and then he can and then he can come out and say he was also never thrown out of the Andre the Memorial Battle Royal. Yeah, that'd be good. Because so, I liked his I I liked his Axel Mania thing, but it was it was entertaining. it was probably the most entertaining thing on Raw, which is just sad for how raw how bad Raw is these days. Yeah, no, I tend to agree. Okay, so so basically, and after we we talked about last week about Samoa Joe leaving TNA, uh, this week uh, they confirmed uh, that he uh, his, his some dates uh, in Ring of Honor, so he's going to be doing some dates for Ring of Honor, which I'm not surprised by. I knew he was going to be back. Actually, they're having the 13th anniversary show right now as we speak. 
and I'm and Joe, I believe, is going to be on that show. Not wrestling, but he's going to be on the show. So kind of get an idea of maybe what he's going to be doing with Ring of Honor uh, coming up probably tonight at some point. Uh, but at the same time, uh, there's also the rumor that WWE did make uh, Joe an offer. Um, and suppose I read a story today. I don't, I don't know the truth of it or, uh, you know, whether it's even been refuted since the lessons I read it. But but supposedly he's been telling indie bookers that he's not going to be available after April 23rd. So obviously fueling him additional speculation that he is indeed going to go to WWE, uh, at least to NXT. Uh, thoughts, comments. Uh, do you, you, you? I mean, we kind of talked about this last week, but you didn't think he would go to WWE. But what do you think about his fit in WWE? And you know, who would you like if he does go to WWE? What do you? Uh, who do? You, who would you like to see him against? You know, the most maybe. I mean, I'd totally mark out if he showed out in NXT, just to get that out of the way. I'd, like, mark out if he showed up in WWE. I think if he does that, he's got to hit the cardio, like, hit the treadmill, and really try to get back into, like, fighting shape. Um, If he is in WWE, like, I don't even kind of want to think about... Samoa Joe's not the guy you bring into NXT. Like, I'm sorry. Like, he still has the name. You put him up into the right to the main roster. Um, just in my opinion. Uh, but I hate to see the damage that was done to yeah. him in the main roster. If they're kind of keeping Cena in this limbo mid-card uh, type role, I think Joe versus Cena would just be great matchups. Like, two guys that can still, like, go... I don't want to say the twilight of their career, but definitely at the other end of their career, I think that would be just great revitalization for Joe and even for Cena. I think that would be an unbelievable feud um, coming right into it. And you could position it as, you know, John Cena, the company man, and Samoa Joe as the indie hero, even though our uh, TNA sort of ruined that for him, but almost like a... I th- I think that's kind of like where you go with that particular angle, with Joe being the heel, obviously. Um, I like the idea of... I, I like Samoa Joe. Like, I really do. Um, and, and I like what he does in the ring. Obviously, they brought him in too late when he could have Joe, CM Punk. Like, that Those matches would be unbelievable as they were in ROH. I think there's definitely stuff you can do with uh, Samoa Joe. Um, I didn't know that thing that you just said, that he's telling indie wrestlers that he's not available after April 23rd. That was a rumor um, I read this morning, but like I said, I don't know how true it is, and I don't know if it's been contradicted since I read it. I just It's just something that caught my eye this morning when I was uh, going through some of the, the, the news of the day type stuff. So I don't know how true it is, but we'll see. Because I don't think, even with Ring of Honor, I don't think he's booked that late. I don't think he's booked past then as either. So, so you know, maybe he does a couple indies and, and ROH dates up until then and then goes, I don't know. I mean, I heard there is a WWE offer in place. It's not It's not like a, oh, they might make him an offer. But, but again, who knows? I mean, you never know what's true and what's not. So I guess we'll just have to wait to see if he actually shows up. Because supposedly, I think somebody, I think I also saw a, a tweet um 
of somebody kind of inquiring, okay, he said April 23rd, what ha- what what's on April 23rd or uh, or or the day after or something like that? And supposedly, I think the day after that is uh, a set of NXT tapings. Hmm. So, I mean, that could all be speculation. Like they could. Oh, yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, well, you you, know, you could find anything that would fit in conveniently to that calendar. You know. Um, we'll see. I mean, probably. I'd love to see down there. I'd love to see another, you know, great, you know, wrestler, great worker down there just to continue to beef up that NXT roster because I'm really just getting to a point where I just want everyone to go to NXT and never leave because then at least I can have one show every week that I'll always enjoy. And, uh, you know, I'd love to see him in there against Steen, see how, you know, see how that one goes, like two big guys kind of colliding. That would be interesting to see. Those matches. I think those matches would be terrible because Steen's not strong enough to lift up a guy like Samoa Joe, like and throw him around the way, throw up like El Generico. You think he is? All right. They had a match. They had a match in the Indies that I had seen, and it was very good. And I, I'm confident they could do it again. Both of them, while being big guys, it's not that classic like you know big guy versus big guy where these two lumbering guys can't move and can't do anything. Is they both can so. So I, I I don't think that would be a, a bad thing. Yeah, I'm, not I was, saying, yeah, be, I'm not saying it'd be a bad. I'm just saying that's definitely not on my like must see list. Like that's all, all I'm right. saying. Well, I mean, I'd also like to see him against you know Finn, ba- Finn Balor and you know Sami Zayn. See those guys. I mean, I, I love him against all those guys. So we'll see. I'd like to see him against Kenta. That'll be that'll be something fun to watch. We'll see. I mean, uh, one thing I'm confident at is that. As much as we can, oh, we're concerned about how WWE is going to fuck up these guys, I don't think WWE could fuck him up as as much as TNA did. So, yeah, that's very true. So, and as we talk about, you know, we're just talking about Ring of Honor. Uh, what is what is what is um, what is Samoa Joe Sting collaboration be too esoteric for WWE? I Would think I think it might be. Yeah, I think it might be just because it's going to, you know, to some people anyway, it's going to be like, wait, I've seen this in TNA, so. Yeah, so yeah. I don't think, they, I don't think they're going to want to go down that road. But um, now speaking of Ring of Honor, you know, we were just talking about Joe. So another, you know, kind of piece of news coming out for uh, with regard to Ring of Honor was they announced uh, uh, officially the three uh, joint shows they're going to be doing with New Japan Pro Wrestling in May. They're going to be doing uh, a, a Wednesday night show in, uh, in Philadelphia at the old ECW Arena, as well as two shows on a Friday and Saturday uh, at Ted Reeve Arena in Toronto. And those look like they're going to be pay-per-views as opposed to the Philly show. Uh, I mean... Uh, Look, I went to the I went to the uh, to one of the shows, the joint shows last year, the New York show, uh, the War of the World show, and it was excellent. Um, I wanted to go again this year, but uh, the you know tickets went very fast. I don't know, maybe we'll end up there, maybe we won't. But uh, anyone who can go, I definitely suggest that you do because they're going to be great shows, and and I and and I really uh, think it, you know it's going to be good because anytime you can get those those talents to come over here. Okada, Nakamura, Tanahashi, you know, the guys that were here last year. It's always a good thing. And uh, I always like to see, you know, they'll have new opponents, which is always good. And, you know, kind of expose that New Japan 
a style to America or and Canada, which is uh, a good thing. So, are you excited? Uh, you know, should we should we splurge now and try to get these tickets? What do you think, Shane? Yeah, I mean, I I like um, I just love when uh, New Japan and ROH like combined. But I'm not like a fan of an ROH production. Um, yeah. At all, really? Like, I just hate the way, like, the ROH pay-per-views look. Um, like, even ECW back in the day had, like, I think infinitely better production than ROH. I just don't know why they can't get it right, like, what the hell they're doing. Um, and there's some, like, main ROH stars that I can't stand. Like, I hate the Briscoes. I hate Jay Lethal. Like, there's so many unlikable characters in ROH. This is just my opinion, obviously. Um... That being said, ROH does some things right, and that's like the tag teams, like uh, the Young Bucks and Red Dragons and Time Splitters. Like, and I love when they uh, combine forces with New Japan. You know what I mean? Um, yes. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think they're going to be very, very good shows. I wish ROH didn't suck as much as it did. Like, I think I just... I don't know. Like I, I don't I don't hear anybody talking about it. Like all I hear is ROH marks like constantly. Um but I think ROH is not a good product. Like it's not a good alternative. Um well, I mean what do you think, Chris? Like as case I mean, in point, I, I, like, I think... an ROH pay per view, you don't find many bigger like wrestling marks than you and me. Uh, like, right. I watch every New Japan thing. I watch. I have zero interest in watching ROH. Like, why would I watch that? Um, I think uh, I think they definitely fell off a little bit. I mean, I was watching them a couple of years ago, and they were kind of top-notch for me. They were good. It was very good. I mean, they lost a lot of their, like, best guys. That's the problem over the years, you know, who went to WWE and or who went to, you know, somewhere else. Uh, you know, Japan, uh, you know, it's it's tough for, for for them. I mean, I think they still got some great guys there. I mean, obviously they have, you know, Styles coming through there now. They have, you know, Del Rio coming through there now. And, you know, they have a lot of, they have some homegrown guys who are still very good. Like, I think Adam Cole is uh, is, is really good and, and could actually make it to WWE. We'll see. Uh, same thing with, you know, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. I think they're very great. Um but yeah, I can see what you I can see what you're saying. I mean, the product is a little stale for me. I, I've I've kind of dropped off a little bit on Ring of Honor, but but I definitely wouldn't miss a chance to go see them with New Japan because I think you know if if anything, just to see those New Japan talents is something that is a rare opportunity that that I you know I I took advantage of last year and I'd love to do again this year. So right. Good times, good times. But yeah, I agree with you as far as. You know, Ring of Honor used to be kind of that 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 top indie that you know. No, I remember those... when they had like. I just think they always have some like unlikable character, and this isn't me being a mark that like hates heels. Like I think Cole Cabana is just like an unlikable person, like just an unlikable character. Like I, I'm well, I mean, sure Cole Cabana hasn't been in there in a while. But I'm talking back I, the days when you're talking about when they had Daniel Bryanson or Brian Danielson, whatever the fuck, and like you know, like during those days when the, the, when R.H. was at his prime, I still didn't think it was a great promotion. I don't understand the R.O.H. love, and once again, that's my opinion. But just like I, I don't get it. But whatever. 
Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I'm pretty much out of stuff to talk about unless there's anything you want to want to bring up or talk about before we uh, close up shop for the night. Um. No, let me just look over my notes here. Um, <laughs> notes. <laughs> no, I can't really. I mean, think of anything right off the bat. Have you? Uh, did we talk about TNA last week? Uh, you might have brought it up. I think you brought up uh, how much you love EC3. I remember that. Yeah, I didn't watch this week's episode. I'm just wondering if there's anything worthwhile mentioning about this week's episode, but I didn't even see it, and I guess I'm assuming you didn't either. Since, uh, I, I didn't. I mean, I know there was a, I think there was a world title match between MVP and Lashley, but... That sounds terrible. Um, yeah. Uh, but I didn't see it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. I mean, I guess I don't have... Uh, too much more to bring up on this edition of the Barbershop Window Podcast. Um, unless you have Cheap something else. Uh, no, not really. That? I mean, I'm kind of we're kind of tapped out uh, as far as uh, you know the news of the week. So, so I think I think this is as good a place as any to uh, to say goodnight to our loyal listeners. I have so, a hypothetical question for you, but I think it's something worth mentioning. Um, okay, go ahead. They keep bringing up the Bray Wyatt Undertaker storyline. I mean, it's coming to... Now we pretty much know it's confirmed that it's going to happen at WrestleMania. Um, yeah. What do you see as the natural progression and outcome of this story? Um, I really don't see a progression here, and I really don't think... Uh, this I, I really don't see the benefit of doing this uh, program. To be quite honest, I don't think anyone benefits from it. I don't. I think no matter which way you go, you you, it, it's a bad thing. I mean, I think with the Undertaker, if he wasn't ready to lose, if he wasn't ready to be done with um, with wrestling at WrestleMania, he, he shouldn't have lost. I think the last match. Of his, 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 you know, either you, have, you don't have him lose the streak ever, or if you're going to have him lose the streak, then that should be his last match ever, and that should have been it. I don't think he should be coming back because I don't see a, I don't see a, a good outcome here because either you have the Undertaker lose two in a row at WrestleMania after going undefeated for twenty you know some odd years, which makes no sense, and nobody's going to want to see that. People are going to be angry by that idea, or right. you build up Bray Wyatt just to have him lose. So, and then what did we gain from that? Because it's like, okay, Bray Wyatt is this tough guy. He's the new, you know, like, you know, spooky fear guy like The Undertaker was. But he can't even beat a 50-year-old guy who's like, you know, can barely move. Yeah. So, yeah. either I way, I don't see, see a good way out. I think, I think Bray Wyatt's a great worker and a good wrestler, but I don't see him in a real position as giving the Undertaker a good match. Like No, I don't think it's gonna be a good match either. And I mean the one yeah. thing is I mean it makes sense for them to be together uh, because of the, the similarity in the characters, but 
we're not even going to get that war. We're not even going to get promos really for the most part, other than why? Because I even heard the rumor is that they're not even going to have Undertaker appear at all until WrestleMania. No, they have to. They have to. Have to. Time will tell. We'll see. But yeah, I, I'm have not to a fan. Sell WrestleMania you know. unless actually it's a WWE. I mean, who the hell knows? But in my opinion, they have to sell WrestleMania, right? Like. Well, one would think. I think they think. I think they've gotten to a point where they really think that WrestleMania is going to sell itself anyway. So, I don't know. I don't know what's in their head anymore. But I just don't see the good in this program. I just don't see anything good coming out of it. So I, I really don't think it's. I, I, I think it's ill conceived. Right. So I just yeah, don't see. I, mean, it, I don't, I don't know what about it. I have actually liked Bray Wyatt's. Uh, Promos and everything. I liked when he was. They showed him in the back room building the coffin. Uh, I liked when the Druids came out and he came out of the coffin. I thought that was all pretty good. Like I thought it was good stuff. You know, I don't know. Bray Wyatt has this gimmick now where he's just like picking fights with people, like which I think is sort of cool. Like he picked a fight with Jericho, then he picked a fight with Ambrose. But at the same time, he's like picking fights for no reason. You know. Like um, right. Um, like I sort of like the way that Rusev and John Cena happened. Like it, it happened at like a um, a pay per view fallout on the WWE Network, where Cena was cutting an interview and Rusev interrupted, and then they right. just sort of stepped on each other's toes. Like at least that's like a believable like reason you know, why two, like, super childish, immature men would then want to fight each other in a ring, you know? Um, yep. But, like, just, like, calling everyone out, it just leaves the character in a weird situation. Uh, I don't know. I think it goes back to normal WWE dysfunction. But I don't think, like, I think Undertaker has to lose. I, and I think Undertaker will lose. In my opinion. Really, see, see, I really don't. I don't think he's gonna lose. Why? Then what's the point of this program? I mean, even what the fuck is the point? That's what I'm saying, though. I, I, I don't see a point. <laughs> I don't. I just don't see them beating Taker at two straight WrestleManias. I just don't see it, especially if they are gonna try to squeeze one more out of him next year. Have the retirement be his retirement match basically be next year in Texas, like his home state against Sting or something like that. I just I, I don't see how they can have him lose again. Unless, he beats, unless he beats Bray, and then at the end of the night he interferes with Lesnar and causes Lesnar to lose. That's the only reason why he beat Bray. Otherwise, uh, why do it? We'll see. We'll see. I don't see it. I don't know. I don't see it. I just don't. We'll see how it goes. I mean, uh, the the uh, the goal is still to get you, Rob, and myself together to do a uh, a live, you know, a, a, to view together and maybe do an actual podcast together um, for WrestleMania. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, that'd be great. I think some pay-per-views are even like, I mean, podcasts are even like going down to WrestleMania. Our goal is very less ambitious. It's just to somehow yeah. all get in the Room. Yeah, yeah, and I doubt yeah, even our, our lofty that, goals but... aren't very lofty. Our lofty goals are to actually be in person together at some point to actually watch 
a show and do a show together. Not uh, which just seems a lot more doable. So we 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 will work to get that uh, accomplished. To me, it so, sounds but if you crazy. To me, that doesn't sound achievable at all. I don't know how we do. It may it, not be, but we'll see. I mean, it was a lot easier when we were all in the same state, but now we're not. So yeah. But uh, all right. Well, if you don't have anything else, I think this is a good place as any to shut uh, shut up, shut down and uh, close up shop. Yeah, so, I suppose I don't have uh, anything else. All right. Well, then on you know on behalf of Shane and myself, we thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Barber Shop Window Podcast. You listen to this and all our past episodes at BlogTalkRadio.com, iTunes, and Stitcher. You can follow me on Twitter at IMC Vigilante. Rob is at, at Zanzanator, although he's not here today. Shane is at, at ShaneWinter14. And uh, yeah, just keep listening. Tell people about us. Keep supporting the show as best you can, guys. And we will work um, hard to always try to make this uh, thing better than it is. And uh, so for myself and Shane, uh, good night, everyone. And good night, uh, good night, as always, to you, Shane. Good night, Chris. All right. Take it easy. Peace, everyone. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.